0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Crypto News Podcast. It's your host, Matt Zahab. We are buzzing as always. And I think today we have, I want to say the fifth or sixth, Matt, to come on the show. Fun fact, folks, there's actually a telegram group called the Mattiverse. Matty, I don't know if you're in that or not, but there are, I want to say there's 380 Matt in the crypto sphere. That is in that name. Again, you have Catholic parents and you were born probably <laughs> similar age to Matt and I. In those similar years, your parents named you Matthew because I uh, guess just, just your good old, good old Catholic boy. But anyway, c'est yeah. la vie. Time for the intro. Today we have Maddie Taylor, co founder of Coliseum previously maddie was the head of growth at the solana foundation ever heard of it where he kick-started the solana hackathon program in 2020 for the past three years that program Cumulatively resulted in over 60,000 participants and 4,000 projects launched. Wowza and 600 mil in venture funding for winners. That is absolutely bonkers. The top Solana ecosystem founders from Tensor, Squad, Stepin, Jito, and dozens of other leading projects got their start through the Solana Foundation hackathons. He also previously worked at ZeroX Labs and Square, which is now Block. Pumped to have another Matt on the show. Maddie Taylor, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you doing?
1: Good, man, and thanks for inviting me. Yeah, I think I've I've gone by Maddie most of my life because there's been so many Matts in the world. So um, yeah. hopefully, I'm for your first Maddie, and uh, yeah, happy to be here.
0: You, you are. I, I get called Maddie a lot too, more from yep. the you know the hockey days growing up when you're either <laughs> you because you, you know when you play hockey that you just throw a Y on your first name or last name, and and that's your your nickname. So um, I I want to start not about Solana and not about Coliseum that's the bread and butter in the show we're going to get into that but as part of my DD whenever I have a guest on I have to lurk their Twitter that's where all the gold is and you had a tweet I want to say four or five days ago and it put a massive smile on my face as I also do this You are one of the few people, and I will read the tweets. Maddie goes, does anyone else arrive at the airport a few hours early and quickly pace from one end of the terminal to the other repeatedly while listening to podcasts? This literally had me lolling as I thought I was the only sick puppy. I get looks from people when they see me. Why is this curly-headed goober walking around the airport getting steps in while we're all chilling and drinking? And I just I absolutely love that you do that.
1: Yeah, man. Um, it's good to know that, you know, when I put out that tweet, there was, you know, several people that, you know, jumped in and said, we do this exact same thing. So next time I see one of you in the airport, I'll just give you the salute, you know, on the same team, you know, doing the same thing. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, I don't know, like if you're going on a long flight, it's helpful to kind of clear your mind, get your steps in and yeah, listen to some good podcasts. So yeah.
0: And how I see it is like there's you know, there's three activities to do at an airport. Really two, and then ours is the third walking, but you either work or you drink. Like yes, (laughs) you can read, but I'll I'll put that I'll put that in the sort of the working sector of that. But if I have a five hour flight, I'm definitely getting the Wi Fi package and I'm hauling ass, I'm working for five hours. So an an hour of pacing around and getting, you know, a five K in at the airport. I think it's well worth it, but story for another day let's jump into it before we get into coliseum which is incredibly cool by the way and congrats on the launch um i'd love if you could tell us about your journey working for solana being the head of growth and all the incredible opportunities that you had the companies that you got to work with. And if you have any great stories of sort of seeing companies from an early hackathon and maybe just knowing that these guys have the sauce, these guys are going to be it. These guys and gals, excuse me, are going to be it. Um, I'd love any and all stories you have from your days at the Solana Foundation.
1: For sure, man. So I guess, yeah, my journey started um, in college. So I, I really got into Bitcoin, wrote my undergraduate thesis on Bitcoin and uh yeah, I uh, was pretty, pretty much a maximalist, I would say, uh, until you know I learned about Ethereum and you know really became convinced that you know a smart contract blockchain um, that could you know enable all these other use cases that we talk about today was going to be really important for the world. And so, uh, as you mentioned, I, I worked at Square after graduation, and then I jumped to a, a project called ZeroX, which is one of the first decentralized exchanges on Ethereum. Kind of got a front row seat to the beginnings of DeFi and. How sort of Ethereum and EVM chains were intending to scale, which sort of led me to my yeah current interest, which is Solana, and I joined I joined the Solana Labs team in in 2020 shortly after they went to mainnet. Yeah, helped help kickstart some of the growth initiatives there, um, and so. To be honest, yeah, I mean, my time, uh, you know, working at Solana Labs and the foundation was was pretty chaotic, just because no one really knew about Solana when I joined. Um, there were only a few developers in the ecosystem, and so we spent a lot of time doing a, a bunch of experiments on how to convince developers to build on Solana. And it was honestly really hard to build on Solana initially. It's gotten a lot easier over time as the developer experience, tooling, that whole ecosystem has been built out, but you may have heard the term kind of like chewing glass. Um, so a lot of yeah. a lot of the developers really needed to chew glass in the early days to to actually launch an application on the network. So, yeah, obviously one of the big initiatives that I've been leading um, has been our hackathons, and that's. You know what we're we're continuing to work on um, with with Coliseum, but you know there's been so many teams that have come out of that program, and it's sometimes difficult to know in the moment because it's so early on w- which ones are going to become important in the ecosystem and or not. But I mean, I think there's there were some pretty clear, obvious ones um, that I've talked about in other podcasts, but one that I don't think I've talked about is this project called Sphere, um, which is built by this founder named Arnold. Uh, who basically is sort of building an on-chain version of Stripe, and you know they're, mm. they're sort of leading the charge in the ecosystem on enabling you know fast, cheap, you know blockchain-enabled uh, transactions. Um, and so they were a winner uh, several hackathons ago, and it was just pretty clear that they were going to really execute and and, and grow the uh, at least the payments vertical quite a bit for the Solana ecosystem. And so yeah, pretty excited about what they're working on, and they're great founders. So
0: yeah, could you could you sort of tell us and walk us through what goes on at these hackathons. I've been to a couple, um, mostly around the Toronto area, and these, again, I I don't have the technical ability that these builders and coders have, but these guys are literally just dialed in, like so beyond dialed in energy drinks, coffee, tea, uh, you know, Chipotle being delivered and just so focused on building uh, almost It's like they're in their own little world. Nothing from the outside world matters. Sometimes for 24 hours at a time, working with the team and building incredible things so quickly. Like, what are the vibes like? What's the energy like at these hackathons?
1: Yeah, this is a good question because uh, I have no idea because they're not in person. Um, so one mm. thing important to know is that while we call what we're running, which is essentially a startup competition, a hackathon, it's very different than a traditional hackathon um, that you may have attended in the past. And so we recently published a, a guide about this that kind of covers the differences between our hackathons and and traditional hackathons, but at a high level, one, they're they're always online. Um, and they've been that gotcha. way since the very start. Um, and so that's, that's I think, one of the reasons why they've scaled to be so large and the largest in the world in terms of participation, like venture funding, et cetera. Um, and so they're always going to be online. It allows them to be scalable. It also allows us to run them for much longer. So instead of a 48 hour um, sort of sprint where you're drinking a bunch of Red Bull and like trying to create just a proof of concept, which inevitably is going to be a very ephemeral experience because you just don't have enough time to create anything meaningful in terms of a product. And so we've, our hackathons are roughly five to six weeks. um, So much more akin to an actual engineering sprint in terms of like what you can produce um, as an initial uh, product. And also that relates to like the demo that you produce um, at the end of the hackathon during the submission process. So those are some two obvious differences. And then the third difference, which is also really important, is that you know we don't necessarily want to tell people what to build. We have some ideas about what we think would be cool product ideas, but we want builders, developers, founding teams... To come on with their own creative ideas and um, you know build the the products that they want to focus on for the next five to ten years um, and and obviously like raise venture funding around it um, after the after the event and so yeah it's actually very different than a hackathon although we you know we think it think of it just an evolved version of a hackathon so hopefully that kind of covers like some of the differences
0: I love that i'm I'm a big fan when a company has a very sort of quick and sometimes sexy, sometimes unsexy, just punchline, sort of like Mm -hmm. a value prop. What are we, what do we do? Sort of like the executive mission statement. And uh, I could be completely wrong on this, but doing research for the show, it seems like you guys are creating the Y Combinator of Solana. Like you guys are letting really incredible ideas, company startups come in build something via the hackathon. And if they work some magic, you guys help them get VC funding. And then not only, you know, don't just let them go like a traditional VC, you guys are going the Y Combinator route and literally nurturing them all the way up till launch and even past that. I'd love if you could give the elevator pitch on Coliseum and sort yeah. of talk about how you guys are building the Y Combinator of Solana.
1: Yeah, well, we've certainly heard that comparison a lot early on as we've just launched in the last couple of weeks. Um we're we're pretty flattered by that. And I think we have a lot of work to do to live up to that sort of legacy. And honestly, like we, you know, long term don't really want to be compared to, you know, Y Combinator because we think we have a, a very differentiated model on on what we're trying to do. Um, this specifically built for for the crypto industry and Solana in particular. And so at a high level, you can think of yeah, Coliseum as sort of a, a traditional accelerator like like a YC, except instead of a college style written application, um, you have to go win our five week hackathon to be uh, considered mm. for the program. So we feel that that model is is a much better indicator of you know potential founder and founding team talent than than a traditional like written application, and so we're going to be running these hackathons that we have been doing for the past three years at the Solana Foundation. We're, we're basically going to be continuing to administer those in a similar fashion. And then we're adding on, yes, two extra pillars, which is the accelerator, which I mentioned, and then a venture fund, right? And so the venture fund we raised um, will be deployed to, yeah, these hackathon winners. So we'll choose up to basically 15 teams per hackathon to accept into the accelerator and invest 250K in each um, to help basically... Get them to the point where they can go from uh, DevNet all the way um, closer to MainNet, where they can, um, you know, sufficiently pitch, you know, seed investors and raise a proper uh, venture fund. Uh, sorry, venture uh, fundraising round. So that's the goal of what we're trying to do, and we feel like it's a big gap, at least in the market right now, um, that we can fill and help support these these talented founders.
0: I love that. And my apologies if this is a bit of a weird question here, but are you guys still like directly involved with the Solana Foundation? Like I know Solana Foundation obviously does hackathons. That was literally your job at the Solana Foundation. You helped nurture and find and grow a bunch of incredible companies. Um, But right now, like what is your sort of relationship look like between the two of you?
1: Yeah, so there's there's a couple touch points. We, Coliseum isn't a fully independent organization, but there's two particular touch points that we have. One is that um, the Solana Foundation is in a, an LP in our venture fund. So they have invested in the fund itself, as well as we have um, a commercial agreement with them to basically continue administering their official hackathon. So we will basically be taking the reins in terms of like administering these events. We have one... That's uh, you know, just started by the time this podcast has come out. It's called Renaissance that we're they're running with them. Yeah, just a small plug. If you're a builder out there, you know, please register at Coliseum.org for that event. It should be pretty, pretty big. And um, yeah, it gives you the opportunity to to potentially join our accelerator program. So that's the relationship between Solana Foundation and us. Um, the other obvious thing is that we are focused on Solana, um, just yeah. generally. We feel very strongly that you know most of the growth in terms of applications and the ecosystem around them will will happen on Solana over the next several years and so we've basically decided to focus all of our efforts on that uh, particular ecosystem and it also helps us like modify the accelerator spirit experience quite a bit to help really embed the founders um, in in that particular ecosystem uh, rather than going multi-chain and kind of diffusing the experience across many different um, L1s or L2 uh, ecosystems. So yeah, hopefully that explains it.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's so needed too. One of the headlines that I've seen uh, is that dao made a first-of-its-kind investment in Coliseum, uh, giving back to the ecosystem builders I mean, this is just the, no pun intended, but this is bonkers. Like, bonk comes out of nowhere, absolute shit coin. You you definitely know more about bonk than I do, and it's potential utility from from my very basic, low level knowledge. I'm, you know, I just think it's a a shitter and and a and a great shitter, mind you, but. And then I read this and I'm like, holy shit, Bonk Dao is giving back to a company that is literally helping with hackathons, accelerators, creating a venture fund to give back to builders. And this is done by Bonk Dao. How did this whole thing start? Like, I, I'd love to get the whole story on this because this is absolutely incredible.
1: Yeah, this was uh, pretty surprising to us too, to be honest. Um, we were reached out to by the Bongdao Dao Council and... They yeah had been looking for ways um to use their treasury to help support the ecosystem um and so you know Bunga you know from my perspective is not your average meme coin uh, it's not just some asset that you know has a meme yeah. attached to it that goes up and down there seems to be a lot more actual development around it. I mean, it's probably the, one of the most integrated tokens just into the Solana DeFi ecosystem. They have this thing called Bonkbot. There's this whole yeah. community of people building actual applications with it. It's an interesting project and they they felt that, you know, investing, becoming an LP in in our fund would be a maybe the best way to to give back and help continue grow the ecosystem, you know, that they're in. And so they actually held a vote to decide whether to invest or not, and we accepted. <laughs> um, you know, after they voted, um, to accept their LP commitment to the fund, and so yeah, pretty pretty interesting. I, I've never heard of this happening uh, before for another venture fund. Um, so definitely uncharted waters, but you know we're excited um, to you know fulfill you know and help fulfill the vision that they have, which is yeah, growing the the startup ecosystem on Solana and helping founders get off on the best foot. So. Yeah.
0: That was the whole bonk run, the dog whiff hat run. I mean, these Solana shitters just came out of nowhere and picked up crazy steam. Um, and I'd love to keep buzzing on the Solana ecosystem, but we need to take a quick break and give a huge shout out to our sponsor of the show. That is Prime XBT, longtime friends of cryptonews.com and longtime sponsors of the Crypto News Podcast. Prime XBT offers a robust trading system for both beginners and professional traders. It doesn't matter if you're a rookie or a vet, you can easily design and customize your layouts. And widgets to best fit your trading style and take advantage of Prime XBT's highly reliable market data and performance. Prime XBT is also running an exclusive promo for listeners of the Crypto News podcast. Use the promo code Crypto News fifty. That's Crypto News fifty, all one word, to receive fifty percent of your deposit credited to your trading account. Again, that is Crypto News fifty to receive fifty percent of your deposit credited to your trading account. Now back to the show with Maddie. Maddie, I'd love to jump right into the Solana ecosystem as a whole here. You were literally in the trenches in the weeds unlike myself who was just in the, you know, in the grandstands up in the 500 section looking down. I had a bit of soul and I, you know, rode it up all the way and luckily got out a little earlier but I'd love for you to talk about just how tumultuous and how crazy Souls sort of rise and fall, and then rise was with you know FTX and the Solana. It just it was it, it's one of the sort of most unique and crazy stories of crypto over the last couple of years. And I mean, you were literally directly building in the space. How how bananas was this whole thing?
1: Yeah, it's it's been quite a ride, but I mean, a very uh very fulfilling one. You know, it's been awesome to be part of this ecosystem and you know obviously you know when when the market is hot you know everyone is interested in what what you know is being built and so we saw a huge influx of yeah. folks come into the ecosystem in 2021 and late you know early 2022 and you know some of those folks were were not in it for you know the long term um and they weren't necessarily you know interested in actually building applications that that led to you know uh, crypto adoption globally and so we you know, while while the FTX implosion and some of the founders leaving the Solana ecosystem was, you know, tough in the moment, it, it actually you know strengthened the network over time and was definitely a crucible moment in terms of you know the the at least the startup ecosystem where you know, we were continuing to run these hackathons, and the number of participants and quality founders coming in actually just were, was increasing as as the price of soul was going down. And so That's there was mild. obviously this, this mismatch between public perception of what was going on in the ecosystem and the strength of the technology versus you know the the craziness of of public prices in in crypto. And so, you know, I I think it's it's you know every Every large L one ecosystem has gone through sort of a crucible moment like that, right? Like Mount Gox and Bitcoin, yeah. um, the Dow and Ethereum. Um, yeah. Both of them had had issues, you know, technologically early on, and so I think, yeah, that that moment for for Solana, you know, was was inevitably going to happen, you, you know, to to. To get to the next level of adoption, and so I think we're seeing the fruits of that right now, where the developer ecosystem and founder ecosystem is stronger than ever. Hackathon submissions are all time highs, and you know we'll see how it turns out with Renaissance. But you know we're you know based on the activity on the Coliseum platform in terms of the number of registrations and people trying to find co founders and building products, you know we we think it's stronger than ever. So yeah, pretty exciting to to see this come uh, together in twenty twenty four.
0: Are we are we anywhere close to the top here? I, I'm not t- not even talking about price because this isn't a price prediction pod. But I just mean the growth of salon. It's been it's been vicious. It's been vicious in the best way possible since you know I want to say end of summer. The last five, six, seven, eight months. Um, it's not just the price has gone up, but the sentiment, the number of incredible builders coming in and choosing to build on Solana like it seems like there's no end in sight as someone who's literally in the weeds. What's your two cents on that?
1: I mean, I believe crypto generally is gonna be a multi you know millennia technology um potentially, and so you know, I think we're very, very early on in crypto's. Um, evolution and and therefore Solana's evolution. I mean, Solana just went to main in 2020. That was only four years ago, very early days for crypto generally, but also Solana specifically. And so, I mean, I mean, you, you can look at comps of just like how many people are building on chain versus all the software developers in the world, or you can look at you know how many social media users there are in Web two versus how many you know people right. are. Um, using non-custodial wallets, and it's a, it's a very small percentage, you know one one to five percent. So I think there's a ton of room for growth left. There's a ton of room for innovation and experimentation, and that's that's why Coliseum exists, right? if 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 we're near the top in terms of crypto development and startups, then there's no re- reason for Coliseum. you know we, we want to help support, you know, the next era of sort of category defining products in, in crypto, and you know, ultimately those products leading to you know bringing the world's markets on chain. Um, and so that's that's what we're trying to make a small dent in.
0: I love that. And speaking of categories, are there any specific areas of Solana-based products, for lack of a better word, we'll call them products yep. but protocols, whatever you want to call it, deep in? I know you guys have been buzzing in the deep in space, deep in yep. based Solana AI based Solana, very trendy right now. Any in particular that really tickle your fancy?
1: I mean, there's several, and this sort of mimics our categorization of tracks in our hackathons. So we have six uh, different um, use case tracks across DeFi, Deepin. Um, you know uh, gaming crypto infrastructure and so we're we're looking pretty broadly uh, you know around teams that are building in all all of those categories but for me personally i think you you mentioned deepin that's really interesting right now and we've seen some interesting deepin projects out of our last couple hackathons so there's a team called shaga which basically enables folks to tap into this global network of you know, gaming rigs essentially, if you don't have a gaming rig yourself. Um, so you can play, you know, a really high fidelity game um, without actually owning the machine. Um, and that's so that's wild. That's <laughs> pretty interesting. Another one sort of in the same vein is, you know, there's there's um, this project called io.net that came out of our second to last hackathon called Grizzlython. And um, they've basically built a network that aggregates all of these GPU clusters around the world, whether they're from data centers or latent crypto miners, and basically services them up to people in the AI industry who need to inference models, essentially. Wow. Um, and so obviously with you know with things like NVIDIA not being able to create as many chips uh, and produce as many GPUs, there's a, this global shortage. And so how can a deep end network sort of aggregate the supply side to, to match the, the burning need on the demand side. And so we are very much looking for, for more instances of that, of like where are opportunities where there's so much demand, um, but you know, resources need to be more efficiently um, supplied on, on that side of the equation. And how can a D-PIN uh, network sort of aggregate that and, and service it up to the demand? And so we're really excited about that. And that's why we have a dedicated deep pin track in, in the current hackathon.
0: It's so cool. Are you guys doing anything in the social network space? This is something, Maddie, that I mean, it seems it's very front of mind. It's such a big part of everyone's lives right now. Tons of teams have been trying to build a social network in and for the crypto sphere. Uh, and we've really seen nothing that's popped off yet. I'd love to get your opinion on do you think this is possible? Do you think it is the right place to do this on crypto? Because me personally, I think it'd be incredible. Um, and I think it'd be one of the only ways using crypto to actually reward people who are using it, unlike the traditional route where it's just, you know, if you bring a lot of views, you get paid kind of thing. Um, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, social social is really interesting. Um, and there's a bunch of different experiments happening right now around it. There's obviously the sort of... Um, Angle of approach that says like, hey, people should have more self owner, you know, self ownership of d- their own data, right? Versus the model yep. that we have today, which is you know, face all of your data basically is owned by Facebook or Twitter, and they live in their servers, right? And you have no basically control over that, and that leads to downstream problems around like creator, um, you know. Revenue, right? Like, uh, there's there's this huge problem where the take rate for a lot of these networks, like YouTube or um, Facebook or Instagram, where, you know, the creators who are driving most of the usage of these platforms and engagement aren't actually getting paid. Potentially, they're not their fair share. And so, there's a variety of different, you know, approaches to that. So, there's like a popular one right now. Um, We'll see how it turns out called Farcaster. This is not in the Slong ecosystem. Yep. but they actually are integrating components of Solana soon and so they're they're seemingly kind of focused on this data ownership and and better creator monetization route but then i don't know how that's going to play, play out i think that's speaking to a specific type of audience that really cares about that but it seems like most people in the world don't care about owning you know their own data they're fine using things like TikTok and Instagram and you can see that i mean like billions of people use these applications and most people don't have a problem with it and so i think these applications that the focus on that could have interesting you know adoption and and definitely interested to see that more in our hackathons but the more interesting thing, and this kind of relates to why we're excited about crypto generally, is that it opens up new markets, right? And so less about just putting TikTok on the blockchain and more about how can you create some sort of market that's novel around social media. And so there's you know things like friend Tech, which we didn't think was particularly sustainable, and I think that's proven to be the case, but things more in that line where people can bet on either the outcomes of specific social media events, sort of like there was a project called Kizzy in our last hackathon that was a winner. It's basically sort of a DraftKings for social media that was really interesting. Um, and so, yeah, just how can you create sort of novel markets around things happening in the social media world? Whether that's investing in you know the, the influencers themselves, events that the influencers are creating, mm-hmm. engagement, um, and that's a whole, you know, green field of opportunity that we'd love to see more experimentation with.
0: Yeah, well said. Crazy on untapped. Maddie, this has been an absolute treat. Before we let you go, you sure. and I were shooting the shit before the show. You might have some news to drop before you leave today regarding a hackathon.
1: Yeah, so I've uh, I mentioned this a few times, but hopefully um, this uh, podcast is released after the uh, the twenty seventh because we are yeah announcing basically the start of our our next hackathon with the Solana Foundation called Renaissance. Um, it's going to run from March fourth through April eighth. And uh, yeah, this will be the first hackathon where we're going to be basically choosing winners, and then you know selecting a subset of those winners to to join our accelerator program and invest in them. And hopefully, this will um, you know usher in the next sort of wave of of breakout startups in the Solana ecosystem. And so we're excited to to see what people build. And you know you can join by going to coliseum.org/renaissance and registering for an account on Coliseum. And yeah, looking forward to seeing what people build.
0: And correct me if I'm wrong, but 250K to the winners?
1: So, the way that it works is um, we'll roughly take, you know, we'll choose 30 to 40 winners based on how many uh, individual prizes there are. And then that basically guarantees you an interview with us, um, myself and my two uh, co founders, Nate and Clay. And then we will basically do another round of evaluation to determine who are the top 10 to 15 teams that we actually invest in, 250K each and accept into the program. So, um, yeah, as I mentioned, I mentioned before, um, you can think of uh, Coliseum as sort of YC for Solana, but instead of a college-style written application, you got to go win our hackathon to be even considered in the first place. So,
0: yeah, big money up for grabs, folks. We absolutely love that, Maddie. This was an absolute treat. Really appreciate your time and you coming on here. Before you go, can you please let our listeners know where they can find you personally and everything Coliseum-related online and on socials?
1: For sure. I mean, I live on Crypto Twitter, Crypto X, <laughs> where the epicenter <laughs> of our industry lives. And so you can find me at Maddie Tay. And then you can um, keep up to date with what we're doing with Coliseum uh, at Coliseum Org. Coliseum spelled the the Roman way. So,
0: yeah. Coliseum, the Roman way. Love that. Folks, what an episode with Maddie Taylor, co-founder of Coliseum, we got into a little bit of everything, everything Coliseum related, Solana hackathons, growing the Solana ecosystem, some prizes, a great story about Bonk DAO, some great stories from the Solana hackathons deep you name it, we touch it. Huge shout out to Maddie and the team for making this happen. If you guys enjoyed this one, and I hope you did, please do subscribe to my team. Love you guys. Thank you for everything. You, Stas, you are the man as always. And back to the listeners, love you guys. Keep on growing those bags and keep on staying healthy, wealthy, and happy. Bye for now. And we'll talk soon.